My name is Blake Holmes, and um, I have the privilege of serving here on staff and helping out within the equipping ministry. And uh, this is a study that we purposed to do long ago, and just to say, hey, what could we do to help um, ground uh, just the, the body of Watermark in the 12 essentials of the Christian faith? What would we say we would hope that every single believer could know and understand about who God is and what we believe and why it matters? And the reason why I'm excited about this particular summit is because we're not just talking about um, what is essential in doctrine. As this book is, the workbook as we're going through is, I think, so well laid out. It does a good job of, of not just talking about what's important to believe, but it talks about how those beliefs then should be, affect how we behave. And then ultimately, who we are. And so it's, our goal is not just to make smarter sinners, as you've heard us say often. Our goal is not information, it's transformation, as Todd said last week. And as you see on the screen, you often see this learn, live, lead. Our hope is, is that we can learn from God's word in the context of community. We'll spend a little time here together, uh, 10, 15 minutes in the mornings, and then we'll break into, this, into our small groups and, and we'll learn from each other what God's word has to say. We'll talk about how we can live it out practically in our daily lives and then lead other people. And my greatest challenge to you guys is this, is that you wouldn't just take it in, but that you would feel that sense of responsibility and that burden that you then, after the end of these uh, few months, perhaps will take this same notebook, grab two or three guys who aren't familiar with these 12 essential truths and go, hey, can I just walk you through what Scripture has to say about who God is and how we can have a relationship with Him? And you lead two or three guys, maybe in your workplace or um, you know, in your neighborhood or on your kids' uh, sports teams. But I really want to challenge you to understand and take the time to do the homework. I, I hear people say, uh, you know, I had some friends I called, and they're like, leave me alone, Holmes, I'm still working on this week's homework, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, hey, come on now, just suck it up, spend a little bit of time, and let's make the most of this opportunity together, all right? Um, this, this morning, we're talking about uh, one of those essential truths that frankly confuses a lot of people for good reason. And um, there's a lot of confusion around who God is, in particular when we speak of a the triune God. And, um, and when you also speak about the triune God or the Trinity, what happens is, is, is people will kind of go, okay, I can accept that God um, is triune, but the problem is I just don't really know how it, or why it even matters, Right? And uh, I never had seen this so um, said more blatantly than uh, several years ago. There was a popular diet called the Way Down Diet. I don't know if uh, very many of you boys were on the Way Down Diet, but your wives or girlfriends, I imagine, if they'd been in the church at this time, um, had probably heard about it because it kind of got a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little buzz within evangelical circles about how this woman. Um, came up with this idea of how biblically people could lose weight, all right? This is her, her thesis. And, uh, but she kind of found herself in a bit of controversy when she started to speak on uh, who God is. And this is her quote. As a ministry, we believe in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. However, the Bible does not use the word Trinity. And our feeling is that the word Trinity implies equality in leadership or shared lordship, meaning 
wow, when you say Trinity, it sounds like you're saying God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, that's exactly what we're saying. And she goes on and, and she says, look, people just don't care about this. They don't care about the Trinity. This is going to pass, this controversy that she found herself in. This is going to pass. What the women want is weight loss. They care about their bodies. I had an amen. They care about their bodies being a temple and their lives turned over to the Lord. That's what my ministry is all about. Wow. Look, people don't care about this, who God is. We don't care about the Trinity. What we want is, man, just the meat and the potatoes, right? Give me the practical. Tell me how it's going to affect my daily life. For women, I want weight loss. For the fellas, you know, it's, I want more money. I want more fill in the blank, right? And, and that's what is the tragedy um, behind her quote is what, is what she's saying and what the implications are, how tragic this is, is what she's saying is, look, I don't see the practicality of this. As long as I can kind of get from God what I want, and it doesn't really matter if I understand him for, how, for who he is and how he's revealed himself, you know, so what? So what I want to do today is, and again, Todd is going to speak extensively on this on Sunday. But what I want to do is, is I want to provide some guardrails, if you will, so that when you get in your small groups, you have um, a basis from which to work and some guardrails so you won't get off track, all right? And hopefully we'll save somebody from just simply saying, you know, hey, guys don't care about this, right? What we care about is fill in the blank. I want to give you a definition and then I want to tell you why this matters real quickly. And again, Todd's going to talk about this on Sunday. So I uh, encourage you to, uh, to come or, or grab the, the, a little bit of time and, and to watch and listen to him on, online. But the best definition I have, have read and the clearest um, is found in this quote by B.B. Warfield, who said this. When we have said three things, that there is but one God, that the Father and the Son and the Spirit is each God, that the Father and the Son and the Spirit is each a distinct person, we have enunciated the doctrine of the Trinity in its completeness. Okay, now some of you are looking at me and saying, no, nah, I thought you said that was clear. This chart that I'm going to show you right here, and which you received when you walked in, hopefully, um, helps you understand that in order to clearly explain the Trinity, there are three things you have to say. Three things you need to emphasize, which is what Warfield just said in this quote, and you have his quote on the, on the handout I just gave you. That there's one God, that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is each God. That the Father and the Son and the Spirit is each a distinct person. Okay? Those are the three things. But here, here are the words I want you to remember. The first word is unity. The second, distinction. And the third is equality. Within the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what you have is unity. Each are equally God. That's why we refer to it as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is unity. There is, but there is one God. You have distinction. The Father is not the Son. The Son's not the Father. The Spirit's not the Son. The Son's not the Spirit. And you have equality. They are all 
equally God. Okay? So let me say that again and put it a different way. It's helpful to understand to understand something maybe to give you the opposite. The reason why I like this little graph here is if you take away the three letters and three words rather in red and you go across the triangle, you'll see the opposite. If you deny unity, what you have is polytheism or tritheism or the belief in many gods. If you take away equality, what you have is subordination. But somehow either the son or the spirit are inferior or less than the father. If you take away distinction, what you have is modalism. All right, there's your 10-cent word. You can drop at work today and sound impressive. Modalism essentially is the idea that God um, has morphed into three separate beings over the course of time. That the God of the Old Testament is one God who morphs into another God and reveals himself in Jesus, who then morphs himself into another God. After the time of Christ. This is the idea of modalism. Okay? Again, God existed in different modes of being throughout history. He existed as the Father to create earth. He existed as the Son to reveal himself to us. To die for us. And now he exists in the Spirit. And that's modalism. Okay? So... Now let me just tell you why all this matters. And let me tell you where it leads if you start to to tinker with the Trinity. The first reason why this matters is because if we want to know God for who he is, we've got to understand the Trinity. You know, Gwen Shamblin was right when she said, you know, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. That's right. The word Bible is not found in the Bible. But Nonetheless, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, but yet from Genesis through the end of Revelation, what you see is the work of a triune God. Clearly, the teaching of the Trinity is explicit throughout. And because we want to spend a short amount of time here and allow you to have a longer amount of time in your, in your small groups, what I've done is I've, allowed, I've given you uh, scriptures you can look up within your small group, and you can see how, um, in just a, these are just a few verses, and believe me, there's a lot, but um, these are just a few verses which show how the Bible speaks of God the Father as being God, and God the Son being God, and God the Holy Spirit being God. And what you have um, throughout Scripture is what theologians call uh, the economy of salvation, how God has been at work, the triune God has been at work from, from creation throughout um, all of time. And how this triune God is at work. And if we want to know God for who he is, we must understand the Trinity. The second reason why it matters is is that the Trinity is essential to our understanding of Scripture. Both the Old and the New Testament. It's essential to our understanding of prayer, community, marriage, politics, and so much more. Have you ever heard somebody say to you before, um, wow, this is the, when I read the Old Testament, it feels like the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. Okay? Well, essentially, that belief that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament is modalism. And, and, it's, and it's not accurate, and it's not clear, and it's, it's only read from a really limited perspective. We serve one God. 
One God. Distinct. Unity. Equality. Distinction, unity, and equality. And those three things we have to hold together at each point as we read through all of Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament. It's essential to our understanding of prayer. We pray to the Father. Through the Son. By means of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is offered to us from the Father, through the Son, by power of the Holy Spirit. It it, it underscores our understanding of community, how to relate to one another, of marriage, how we, the roles of marriage, of politics, and so much more, which I don't have time to go into today. But essentially, the biggest reason why the Trinity is so important is without the Trinity, you have no resurrection. You have no substitutionary atonement. Therefore, you have no gospel. Without the Trinity, gang, you don't have a perfect God offering his perfect son who was fully God, fully man, who served as our perfect substitute as the God-man. Bridging the gap between a perfect God and a sinful people. You don't have a perfect God in the person of the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf. Raising Jesus from the dead. And consequently, when we deny the Trinity, heresy is born. At its simplest form, if you take away unity, what you have, again, is polytheism. And those, my friends, are seen in the, um, that idea is seen in the Mormon faith. Polytheism is seen in the Mormon faith. You take away the idea of distinction, and what you have is modalism. And there are oneness Pentecostals. There are Unitarian church friends. You take away equality, and you have subordination. And there you have our Jehovah Witnesses. And you can see, when you hear the word Jehovah's Witness, when you hear the word Mormon, you go, oh, okay, I know who those are. Okay, I I, I know a little bit about the Unitarian Church. Okay, well, churches are built. Churches have been built on false teaching and a wrong understanding of who God is. And the denial of the most essential belief in the Trinity that we have. So what I want to do now is I want to give you guys a chance to go in in your small groups. And you each have this page, and hopefully this will help you. And as you have questions, you can talk to each other. You have that workbook you can work through. I'd encourage you to look up the scriptures here. Um, And on your, uh, we've had more guys sign up just over this past week. So in order to accommodate everyone, we are literally using every room, nook and cranny in this whole campus. Some guys are meeting upstairs over there in that loft area. Some guys are meeting up there. So even if you were here last week, we may have moved you. If you would, please look on your name tag and that will tell you exactly where you're going and which group you're in. If this is your first week here, we're ecstatic that you're here and excited. And what we want to do though, before we just throw you into a group is we want to get to know you and, and uh, help you get assimilated into a group next week. So if you would, um, you'll walk out these doors in, the, in this East community room over here. You can go in there. We're going to put you in a large open group just for this week, and then we'll get you in a small group um, next week. Again, just like last, last week, um, if you're going to the, either the second or the third floor, 
just to save time and the use of the elevators, if you'll walk up the stairs over here and go across the sky bridge, that will take you to two, and then you can take the stairs also to three um, over there. Uh, the workbooks, some of you I know um, perhaps didn't pick one up last week, and uh, we still have some available for you. We got some more in this week, and so I want to encourage you to, to pick these up. So um, we, we ran out of these quickly because our Wednesday uh, women's Bible study group and our Thursday night's women's Bible study group and this group and many community groups um, are going through this, and so uh, these are, are, are hard to to come by. So, but we have more this morning. I want to encourage you to pick those up. Let me pray for you and then let you guys go. Well, Father in heaven, um, we thank you for uh, sending us your son to die on the cross for us. And uh, we thank you that your spirit now intercedes in our behalf and that we can have a relationship with you through the son by power of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray, Lord, that um, we wouldn't be so deceived uh, as to thinking that the Trinity is really of, of not great importance or consequence. Help us to see the danger of when we deny uh, the truth of who you are and how you've revealed yourself to us. And Father, for our friends, Lord, who are far from you and who don't know you for who you are, I pray that you'd help us to engage um, and uh, love them, and to point out truth to them using Scripture, uh, to speak of uh, the fact that you are one, and uh, you are distinct, and you are equal. And so, Lord, we, we marvel at who you are, and clearly we don't fully understand you, and uh, we know that your ways are much higher than our ways. Um, and we marvel at your grace, that... Um, a holy God would allow his son to die in our stead so that we can enjoy fellowship with you. May it mark our days. May it change our hearts and enrich our time together this morning, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.